Yep. Give me a nod yeah, when you're ready. Shooter's ready. Stand by. This is Matt Gunlock from the 3G IQ podcast. I'm joined here today with Frank Gao. Uh, today's discussion is going to be Marine Corps Championships. So, for those of you who don't know, Marine Corps Championships is where the best or the top 10% from each Marine Corps marksmanship competition comes and competes for potentially a spot as a summer shooter on the team. Or just for the recognition, not everybody can get out of their daily jobs, but it's an opportunity for them to showcase their skills to the Marine Corps shooting team and the rest of the Marine Corps as to what their capabilities are. Uh, Frank, can you can you kind of describe what it was like being around the top 10 percent from all divisions in the uh, Marine Corps championships? First off, Matt, thanks for having me on again. Um, but so top 10%, it's it's pretty daunting. So you come up against the best shooters in each region. They all medaled. And uh, I would say even inside that top 10% between all the regions, that skill curve is still incredibly steep. Um, we're going to go into it later. But Captain Scott shot the match and he had a good almost 20% on top of everyone, just in terms of USPSA, not to mention all the other disciplines. And I would say on top of that, the format of championships is very grueling. It's five straight days of shooting and you are expected to bring your A game every day and you have to be on your A game in order to be competitive against that top 10%. At the end of it, everyone's physically and mentally exhausted. Uh, but really, it's it's always a good time. It's a good time to meet shooters from other regions. Sometimes you run into old friends. I ran into a, somebody I was lieutenants with back in Miramar, and uh, it's always a it's always an honor to be able to go out to Quantico and spend that week with all the other Marines. So um, the other day when we were talking on the phone, you kind of mentioned, uh, and I'm kind of going off of our our uh, outline here. But you kind of mentioned uh, how you were just physically and mentally drained by the end of it. And like you described it as you shot every single weekend or every single week for a month up till championships. What was that like mentally? Yeah, that's a realization I didn't have until this week. All the way back in March... I ran a two-day rifle course for my Marines to get ready for Micmac East. So that was 9 and 10 March. Keep in mind that I am six months removed from a partial tear in my Achilles and all the other things I got going on as well. I got a PCS coming up. Uh, I'm not 100% like physically back, but just looking back on it, I essentially, um, I was the lead instructor for that. I basically took the curriculum that uh, was, was shared with me at Six Hour Academy 
And I, I gave that to my Marines over two days. And then we went straight into the MCMIC, which, as you know, is two straight weeks of ARQ, training, and then competition. And then, <laughs> and then right after that, I jumped on a plane and went up to see my wife, who's currently in Massachusetts, uh, doing the whole geo-bachelor thing. I come back and I have a week to settle back in and take care of company commander things over 8th Com. And then that weekend, I, I go and I shoot Sir Walter, right? I, go, I drive all the way to Raleigh. I shoot an entire USPSA match. And then I drive up to Charlottesville to go see a friend's. That same Sunday, I go house hunting. I see about four houses and we put in an offer. And that same Sunday, I check in for championships. And all throughout the week, I am managing um, the real estate side of things, uh, getting the offer accepted. I'm still doing command and staff at night. I still am checking email as a company commander. But every single day, we are shooting a different discipline. So at the end of it, um, I text my wife and I told her, like, I'm, I'm burnt out. And she's like, why? I was like, because I've been going nonstop for the last month and I probably need to take a step back and pay attention to my own body and recover mentally and physically. And I think that's something you and I have talked about this, Matt. Um, you and I are both in like, um, we're turning the corner. Uh, you're, you're about to get out. You're about to start a new phase of your life. I'm about to PCS. I'm about to go into a very, uh, a very different scenario than what I have been in. And that takes mental and physical energy. Um, and I think it's very easy, uh, those of us that are task oriented, to overburden ourselves and quickly become overwhelmed. So I'm really happy that I identified that in myself and that I'm able to take a step back and focus on doing things well instead of just doing a lot of things shittily. You know, one thing I will say though is whenever you finally reach that burnout point, um, it kind of lets you know who you are and what you're capable of. Um, I think marksmanship really does that as well. Like you find something you're passionate about and you dedicate all your time into doing that. And it lets you know what your limits are. It lets you know how mentally strong you are. And I mean, a lot of sports are like that, but with marksmanship, there's just so many factors that go into it. And it's just an, it's a, you know, it's a very emotional experience because you're just, you're passionate and you want to do well at those one things. Like you said, we're kind of both turning a corner and we're always going to, marksmanship is always going to be there. Being able to go out and compete is always going to be there, but we've recognized that it's time to take a step back and focus on certain aspects that's going to help us get back to where we want to be uh for the future yeah the, the last thing i'll say is i've been here before when i first moved from california to north carolina i was like hell yeah i'm gonna buy all the guns i want buy suppressors i'm gonna go hard on competition a few months in i was at the north carolina sectional i got my first dq and that was a tough one because i'd driven all the way to sir walter about a three hour drive. I got through half the stages. I wasn't shooting well. I got on the wrong side of a 180 trap. I got DQ'd. I was frustrated with myself. I was questioning the amount of like time and energy I was putting into the sport. And um, <laughs> you ever you ever drive and just like not have any music on? That was me for like the first two hours. <laughs> and I finally called my wife. I was like, hey, she's like, how's the match going? I'm like, I'm driving home. I got DQ'd. And uh, I, I think I told her at the time, I was like, 
I don't know if this sport is worth the amount of time I'm and energy I'm investing in it. But obviously, a few years later, I'm still in it. Um, you got to recognize when the, the signs that too, when it's too much. Um, <laughs> I'm going to quote, um, I think he's a Russian playwright, Anton, Anton Chekhov. He said, um, he was a doctor and also a playwright. He said, uh, medicine is my wife. Writing is my mistress. I get bored of one. I spend time with the other. I don't condone his views on adultery. However, I do think that you need to change things up and you need to balance things and you should have multiple passions in your life and not direct all your energy towards one. No, that's beautifully said. Couldn't say it better than must. Can't couldn't say it better than that. Um, so jumping back onto championships, uh, let us tell us how it kind of started and into how it ended. So checked in on Sunday and got into a room. I shared a room with Captain Parker Tomasi uh, from the East Region. He's company commander over Atheist B. On Monday, they issued us all our equipment. Uh, we got a M18. We got a national uh, match M16 and shooting jacket, sling, like all the cables and bits for um, bullseye. Uh, we got our we got our zeros on Monday. Tuesday, we did practice for bullseye rifle and pistol. On Wednesday, we shot bullseye rifle and pistol competitively. Thursday was supposed to be purely USPSA. However, we had some adverse weather on the way, which turned out not to be that bad. But honestly, that, that was a nice respite in the middle of the week. A lot of us did laundry and slept in and took care of our bodies. Friday then became a combination of uh, the gas gun or the quantified performance series, as well as USPSA. So quite a long day there, two whole matches. Uh, Saturday was multi-gun. We just did rifle and pistol this time, uh, no shotgun. Sunday was the team matches. And then on Monday, we rehearsed for the ceremony and everyone went on their way unless they got held back uh, for interviews to become a summer augment. So you kind of briefly went into it, um, the disciplines. What were your thoughts on each discipline and the stages, you know, the competitions, everything that was set up? Absolutely. So we'll start with bullseye rifle and pistol. Bullseye rifle and pistol were not part of championships last year. And the common refrain I heard from competitors this year was that it was unfair that we were shooting bullseye rifle and pistol as part of the championships when that hadn't been a part of any Mick up until that point. And I concur with that. Um, after having shot it, there's some similarities with the old ART. My perspective on bullseye is obviously there's a lot of tradition there. I think is a very high skill threshold. The fundamentals of marksmanship all apply, right? So when I was up at SIG, they said side alignment, trigger control, stable position, breathing. You need all those in order to be good mm -hmm. at bullseye. And those match M16s, really freaking nice. Like if you pull a shot. Um, it's, it's on, on you. Yeah. yeah. It's a very accurate weapon. However, some of my gripes about high power rifle, um, I'll start with the equipment. The fact that you have a jacket, a mat, and a sling, I just didn't feel the competitive equity wasn't quite there for me because it was obvious that some competitors were better prepared equipment-wise than others. Um, and it had everything to do with like those little carts that they have, um, spotting glass, 
some of them had shooting gloves and as a competitor, like looking at the LOI, I had about a week to get ready for all this. And I looked at the gear list and I was just like, if they have it, they have it. And I'm just going to roll with it. Um, some of my other thoughts. So uh, Marine Corps qualification used to look very similar to high power rifle. ART was basically the high power rifle course of fire, but we've since moved on from that. And I think that's the right move. I think the fact that we are shooting at human shaped targets, which if you read uh, on killing by Lieutenant Colonel Dave Grossman, uh, that, that has, that has had a significant impact on the lethality on a lot of our modern armies. The fact that we are actually shooting at targets shaped like people. Um, so my, my point is that the Marine Corps has recognized that yes, bullseye, high power, they stress some fundamentals. However, we wanted to teach our Marines differently. Um, I think, I think it's possible to, and this is true about a lot of disciplines, but I think it's um, especially so about the uh, bullseye disciplines. There's really no incorporation of fitness, right? There's no, aside from like the mental stress and the fatigue of holding a position, I, I think it's possible to be quite out of shape and do well. Um, and I'd say the last part of it is that it's incredibly personnel intensive, right? You have to have a pit crew. Uh, you have to take the time at each yard line to change pit crews. And honestly, like at the end of the day, um, you're out there for an entire day. And at the end of it, you're just kind of trusting that the guy in the pits has, is doing his job. I don't think it's entirely transparent scoring system. I'm going to be honest. I think action, uh, you have the ability to follow around the RO and mistakes happen, but you catch them right on the spot. And I just, just by my nature, I don't entirely trust, uh, human beings. I, whenever I go to the grocery store, I always go to the self-checkout because I trust myself more than other people. Um, but those are some of my thoughts on bullseye rifle and uh, I'll open up to you if you have anything uh, to add there. I mean, uh, so with the bullseye in mind, I think, I personally think, you know, as a tool for somebody starting out to learn how to shoot, it's extremely important for them to learn those basic fundamentals that those disciplines teach you. But as we progress, there has to be some type of building block approach to increase their skills and capabilities, because let's be real in combat, it's not about, you know, how tight of a shot can I get? It's more about what's the acceptable accuracy that's going to let me kill this person. Um, you are fighting a real human threat out there. And in order to do so, you have to be able to react to it. And that's something that practical shooting will teach you. Um, but you have to be able to learn how to pull the trigger. I think with the framework of the way the Marine Corps is going, where you know, it's absolutely in the right direction that we're doing things uh, that are incorporating more of a practical style of shooting. Um, so I think we had to put some things to rest and, you know, progress towards the future. Yeah. I think practical is the operative term here. I putting on that jacket, putting on the sling, uh, the mat, all that other stuff. Uh, there's just so much stuff and you're not necessarily using any of that stuff if you were in a like practical or combat scenario. Um, I made the joke to someone that I felt like I was getting gussied up like some debutante at a, at a soiree. Like that's literally how I felt when I was putting on that uh, shooting jacket. 
And it's important to uh, note that like, yes, I think you're right. It, uh, it does teach a lot of good things. Um, some of those better shooters, they were able to like call their shots. Like, yeah, I hit an X. I'm like, that's pretty impressive mm-hmm. uh, to call that shot at whatever yard line you're at. But those same concepts also exist in other rifle disciplines. They exist in three gun. They exist in PRS. And I would maintain that just based on what I know from PRS, uh, PRS stresses like a higher knowledge and skill ceiling in terms of knowing how atmospherics are going to um, affect your bullet and also places a premium of getting first uh, first round impacts as well. Oh, All so- under stress and stress is operative, right? Um, and you're uh, under a time constraint. Exactly. Um, and yeah, I, I think if I had my druthers, I would say that the next step in Marine Corps qualifications would be to add a physical fitness component. Like we have the CFT, we have a rifle qual. Why not merge some of those a little bit and uh, let Marines know like when their heart rate's elevated and they're breathing real hard, how easy it is to like lose those fundamentals um, rather than having 20 entire minutes to shoot 20 shots. So I'm going to, I'm kind of going to, talk about what I've experienced the past four months. You know, I was at the FBI Academy teaching candidates their primary weapon system, which was the Glock 19 service pistol. And, you know, there was out of 25 training sessions, there was one training session, which was bullseye oriented. And that was used more for a tiebreaker for the top shot of the class. Every other Every other training session was focused on practical shooting drills that are getting first rounds on targets within a very steep time limit, Um, multiple shot engagements in a very steep time limit. And if other government organizations are going to that, I think it's a wake up call saying we need to continue going in the direction we are. And we are. Um, you know, the team is going out and doing the mobile training teams and we're not teaching bullseye. We're, we're teaching them practical shooting. We're teaching them the skills that we learn in competition, uh, to, to be more lethal in order to survive. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think there's, because of its legacy and because of the tradition, I think people have an, a very strong emotional attachment to high power rifle and bullseye pistol. Uh, a lot of people I think are older, like um, older generation, close to retirement age, and also like retirees, uh, they got their medals, they distinguished their bullseye rifle and pistol. But I, I would also say that just as our Marine Corps is going through a force design and is coming out with new publications for talent management, I think we need to take a look at our emphasis on marksmanship as well. And I think it has its place. Like you said, I don't necessarily want to see Marines completely leave like the inner service rifle competitions. I just don't feel that it should necessarily be as much of an emphasis as it has been. So I think, uh, I just lost my train of thought here. (laughs) No, I, I have to completely agree with everything you just said. Um, uh, here, this is what I was going to say. I think in order for the program to survive, we have to adapt and we have to, we, we have to transition to the, the way we have been going or we're just not going to be there anymore. 
Um, you know, people think we're a waste of time, waste of money. So we have to figure out ways to show them our worth, show them that we are an expensive necessity instead of an expensive luxury. Uh, that's going to keep the program around. And that's going to keep people coming back to championships year after year. Right. And I, I mean, I think that that blurb that you uh, said right there, uh, I think it applies not only to the um, the competition arms program, but also the Marine Corps in general. Uh, mm-hmm. There's been several times in history that we have had to defend our right to exist. Post-World War II, um, they were looking to basically take us and make us a part of the army. And I do not think we have the luxury of relying on tradition and legacy to get there. We have to be innovative. We have to change things and we have to pursue the next best option and there's so many civilian competitions out there uh, i think in, in in terms of on the rifle side prs tactical games like all the other ways that rifle marksmanship is being stressed that the marine corps is not currently being exposed to need to be uh th- those need to be investigated um, and i i even think you know, um, obviously this is three GIQ podcast, three gun, you, you are going to engage targets anywhere from three yards away to 600 yards away. And those targets can be right up close near each other. And you got to figure out what your engagement order is going to be. You have to figure out what is my hold going to have to be. You have to understand the your rifle, your optic, and the ballistics with that bullet in order to continuously get first shot impacts. You know, if you have wind, you have to be able to read wind in order to compensate and hit the target. Um, And you could have, you know, five targets out there and you only want to spend 15, 20 seconds engaging those targets and getting those hits. And those are far targets and you're under the clock. The faster you get through it, the faster you get those hits, the better off you're going to be. Yeah. So I think we've talked a lot about high power rifle and uh, if you're okay with it, like the transition to talking about bullseye pistol for a bit. Absolutely. Let's go. So bullseye pistol. I will start by saying that the M18s were not an ideal weapon system for that format. The combat sites are incredibly blocky. They cover up the entirety of the bullseye. Uh, the trigger has multiple stages. And if you're not familiar with it, then um, be very punishing. I will add that my front sight was slightly drifted to the right the entire time. Didn't realize that until halfway through the string of fire. Um, realized then that all my shots were landing left. I made the correction. I basically held one bullseye to the right and we started getting center hits. So that was fun. Uh, I'll make a similar uh, comparison. So just as how the ART has now become the ARQ, what used to be the ELP has now become the the combat pistol uh, program, I believe it is. So the previous course of fire had 10 minutes slow fire. I think that was at either 15 or 25 yards. 25. 25. And the CPP has completely done away with that. There is a 25-yard engagement, but it involves um, going to single action, I want to say you start from the holster as well, and then you keep your weapon out the entire time, but it's also timed. Like you do not get 10 minutes to fire 10 rounds like you did during the ELP. Um, bullseye I will, pistol. 
I will, I will say one thing about the CPP is personally, I think they could cut the time constraints in half. Um, and I understand that Marines aren't necessarily like the, the pistol is their backup weapon, but I still think that qualification can be a lot tougher. I think so too. Um, but I also think a lot of the, the longer par times were to compensate for the M9 specifically and how clunky that Serpa holster and the safety deactivation are. I think when everyone gets the M18, then yeah, you're going to get overall see uh, faster times across the board. Um, bullseye pistol, I, I think has merit, uh, side alignment, trigger control, stable position, all required for you to be an accurate marksman. But you still need those things if you're shooting USPSA or three gun. The my my knocks against it. Uh, so the things that the CPP implemented, drawing from the holster every single time. Um, we're not often at the luxury of having our weapon already uh, ready for a shot, uh, prepped and perfect grip and all those things. Bullseye pistol gives you time to get all those things down. Um, a lot of the time. It, the, the manipulations, getting the weapon out of the holster, building a strong firing grip, and also uh, taking the weapon off safe. I spent a significant amount of time working with my Marines getting ready for the Mechmic on just those things, because if they can't get the weapon out in a uh, in ready to fire, then it's, it's going to hurt them overall in the competition. Um, and, and yeah, um, I... The only other thing I would say is, uh, I mean, there's only one time that I've had to draw my draw my gun. Um, it was uh, right after I got my concealed carry permit in San Diego. And we were in the middle of downtown San Diego in the middle of Comic-Con, about the safest that you could ever feel. And some some dude just like tried to corner me and my wife in a parking garage. Um, so my ability to, one, manage my, manage my wife because she had frozen in that particular situation. Uh, draw my weapon with one hand, uh, issue him a verbal warning to like not get any closer, uh, didn't point the weapon at him or anything. I basically just had it ready to fire. Um, those are all skills that I had just because of dry fire drills, of the emphasis on getting the weapon ready, and um, that that the timed stress, the ability to present the weapon from the holster, I just don't see those in bullseye pistol. Uh, I've talked for a bit, and I'll turn it over to you. Um. What was uh so cover bullseye but rifle bullseye pistol? Um, what were your thoughts on the stages for the PRS or the quantitative uh, performance match, the USPSA uh, multi gun? Really good stages. Um, so the quantified performance, uh, I think that I think that went really well. It was just a very long day because we had to do that in USPSA. The USPSA stages were also very well done. I, I think they made good use of props, a mixture of steel and moving paper. I wish that there had been some longer courses, like some field courses. Um, but uh, I think that they had to do more with like the constraints of using the, um, the, the small arms training base. Um, multi-gun, I'll give props to Staff Sergeant Go King. Him and his team put together some really cool guns. So we shot, I think it was a different AR for each stage. Uh, for the Ironman stages, we shot, we shot a, it was an AR with a loophole scope on it. And then we shot an EOTech. Um, and then we shot one with irons. We shot one with the ACOG. We shot like a short barreled um, 
um, M27, which is really cool. So that was a lot of fun. I just didn't perform as well that day. Um, so that, that, that was the remainder of the matches that we had going on during championships. Um, so what was your perspective of championships from this year to last year? I would say I had fun both times. Uh, last year seemed a lot more organized. Um, part of it is because last year was mostly action. Um, and you move with the same squad the entire week and you kind of got to gel and get into a rhythm in terms of resetting the stage and who was going to RO and all that. And, uh, having bullseye rifle and pistol for the first two days, you basically didn't have a chance to like build that cohesion with your squad. Um, it felt like at the end of the day, uh, there was a lot of sitting around trying to figure out what was happening next. It felt like the team captains were getting word kind of late. Um, and I'll, I'll say all this, um, the, the Marines on the Marine Corps shooting team were working extremely hard. Um, I know for a fact that they were there super late, tearing down stages, setting up stages. So it's not a knock on the effort. I would just say that the, uh, the overall, the overall uh, organization didn't seem quite there this time. Um, yeah, I mean, that, that was the major change. And, uh, I did appreciate being in barracks this time around. I didn't necessarily miss Camp Upshur. I did miss the camaraderie of Camp Upshur. Uh, it's in a squad bay with the Paris Island shooting team, uh, last year. And those are, those are a bunch of hooligans, but it was a good time. Yep. I remember having to go over there and, uh, check on them because, well, let's see, people like to party. It wasn't fun being in charge of it all last year, but I think we did a good job, Captain Scott and I. I just don't want to I, – I didn't care to take take care of Upshur or sign for it. No, um, I, I don't envy you guys because, yes, there was definitely a lot of partying. Hey, if you're going to have to drive 30 minutes away from Weapons Training Battalion, um, you're going to load up on – you're going to load up on some adult beverages and you're going to have a good time out in those, uh, out in those huts. Mm-hmm camaraderie was high so uh any notable mentions you'd like to recognize while here yeah a few uh first off um captain scott if you're listening to this you're a monster you heard a lot of feelings over this last week uh, i think you had like a 20 percent um win in the usp just in uspsa so good for you. Gold Lockheimer, uh, what a way to exit the Marine Corps. A lot of Marines I shot with last year went and put in the work and made substantial improvements. Um, Sergeant Treat, Ogle, and Hill specifically, those are three Marines that I would say, they, they told me specifically, it was like, hey, we saw how you were shooting last year and we wanted to like, they, I remember last championships um, on those drives from Camp Upshur, they're like, hey, how do we get into USPSA? Um, what's a good starter gun? What should I be looking at in terms of like, uh, starting matches? And they obviously went out there, they put in the work and all three Marines I've mentioned, they shot better than me this year. And I'm tremendously proud to see that progress, but it also means that I need to go and put in the work now. Um, chief Warrant officer Horcharik, uh, first name, Dan from Radbin. He was a first time competitor. He shot at the Mick He, got a medal in both pistol and rifle. And then he went to championships and he medaled in pistol and multi-gun. So for a first time competitor, that's awesome. Uh, he had a, they, they, the action team offered him summer augment. He's not able to make it cause he's one of one in his battalion. Um, 
but looking forward to seeing that guy at a lot more uh, competitions and also uh, trying to get him on this podcast too, because we talk quite a bit and I think he has some interesting ideas in terms of like um, just other types of uh, competition venues. And I think that's about it. Like all the Marines shot great. Um, it was really great. If you were out at championships, it was great spending the week with you. And I met a lot of cool people. Sorry, almost forgot my roommate, Captain Parker Tomasi, now distinguished rifle marksmanship, a marksman. Um, that's good awesome. For you, man. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I know. I know he's been working at it for a while. Uh, great guy. And um, yeah, really glad I got to meet him. And uh, ultimately the same thing that happened last year. I got a little band together. Uh, that we talked about in my first uh, episode with you, uh, Cardenas, Nelson, a um, few others start shooting with me. Same time this time around, I only got a few more months, but we're gonna get we're gonna get a little roving USPSA crew together, and we're gonna shoot some matches. Oh yeah. No, uh, I'd like to mention too, um, and I wasn't there uh, to see it. I was, uh, you know, I'm over at the FBI still, but. Uh, Staff Sergeant uh, Raider and Master Sergeant Capco. Like for those two individuals to take on uh, a daunting task of planning and prepping championships the way they did, um, that takes it's a lot of work. It's it's a lot of organizational skills and it's a lot of dedication uh, and passion for the program and. Um, those guys really worked hard to put on a really good event. Um, and I think it's only going to get better uh, as time goes on. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, yeah. One last shout out to the shooting team, because I'm sure for all the, uh, all the friction that we encountered as uh, competitors, that there were a lot of problems that they solved that never even like came to our attention. Um, so thank you guys for working behind the scenes. Thank you for putting it all together. The Mick Mick season is now over and now you guys get to turn to your competition, uh, kind of competition season, but, uh, definitely pat your guys on the back job. Well done. No, I'm sure they really appreciate that. Um, I'm really looking forward to seeing how the summer turns out and the results from all the hard work that they've been putting in. Um, I think it can only get better, but thank you for listening. If you like this, please uh, let us know what you think. Rate us. Uh, give us a five-star review. If you give us a one-star, well, then screw you. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> but uh, But thank you, and we'll talk to you next time.